Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Hey, everybody. What's going on? DJ Bucky here. Back together again. We had, uh, I don't know if you know this, Buck, but we've referred to Rhett as our PBU, not pass breakup, but our primary backup. Uh, when one yep. of us is, is, is off, we got, uh, we got our primary backup, Rhett, filling in. But it's nice to have you back. What's going on, bud? Man, not too much, man. Just the, the league is crazy. But that weekend that we had of football, I didn't get a chance to weigh in. But, man, what a great weekend. And what we're seeing is everything's kind of crystallizing when we get into the playoff picture. We're seeing the defenses kind of step up. People are beginning to figure out some of these offenses that we thought were unstoppable in the first couple of weeks. We're beginning yep. to see everybody kind of come back to the middle. And the playoffs are going to be interesting because it's going to be all about the matchups. I know we talk about two or three teams being dominant, but I think we've seen those teams show their fatal flaws. I don't know if there is a dominant team in the league, one that we can just kind of pencil in as a Super Bowl front runner. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we're going to get into this uh, this playoff picture a little bit uh, later on. Also going to have a conversation I had with our good buddy Matt Money Smith, who's my partner there on the Chargers radio call uh, with the Chargers Chiefs playing that big game on Thursday night. Uh, we'll get a chance to, to preview that one with Money. Um and uh, before we do that, though, Buck, I think we kind of we kind of have to begin uh, with the end in mind. We're going to get go through this uh, Seattle Minnesota game, but following the game, just hot off the press here, there's been a reaction to that game by the Minnesota Vikings by their head coach Mike Zimmer, and he has a new offensive coordinator. <laughs> I mean, John DiFilippo was was fired uh, in the aftermath of that disappointing performance, and I think. It had been kind of brewing because if you go back and you look at the last four or five weeks after every game, Mike Zimmer had kind of talked about he would like to see him run it more. He wants to see the run game. And every week he didn't necessarily see that progressing. And so here they are sitting at 6-6-1, six, six and one, still in range to make the playoffs because they're currently occupying the sixth spot. Mike Zimmer made the decision to, look, pull the plug on the experiment try and figure out a way to get this offense up and going 
because this is a team that we all thought was going to be one of the Super Bowl contenders, and to watch them fall flat with the amount of talent that they have on both sides of the ball is really, really disappointing. Yeah, the, the fascinating thing is if you look at Philly and how they have struggled, you know, I think we've mentioned it, I don't think they've scored a touchdown in 10 of their 13 uh, first quarters this year. Um, the issues they've had, and Carson Wentz, I, you know, mechanically, I think he slipped a little bit. It'll be interesting to see if Filippo immediately joins him. We've seen Hugh Jackson get fired and go join mm-hmm. the team in the middle of the season. I wouldn't be surprised, even though yeah, look, the, the Eagles have a, a, a tough road here if they're going to try and sneak in backdoor into the playoffs, but they are technically still alive. I'd be interested to see if the, if the Eagles end up bringing him back in the building immediately. That'll be something to keep an eye on there. That is something to keep an eye on. Give Doug Peterson another set of eyes. Um, but you wonder because, like, when you bring him back, what do you bring him back as? You have Mike Groh trying to make his way as a first-year offensive coordinator. Do Staley is your associate head coach. What does D. Filippo come in? What does he offer? How much pull or sway do you give him? Uh, it would make sense to put him around and let him talk about the quarterback, talk to the quarterback, and see if he can fix the quarterback a little bit. But, man, I, I just well, – when you've been losing a bunch of games, it's tough to bring somebody else in who is a supposed know-it-all. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what goes on uh, there in the future. About that game, though, Seattle-Minnesota, I haven't watched it on tape yet. I was kind of coming in and out, so I didn't see uh, a ton of this game. So I'll rely on you on this one uh, over there. Oh, what can I wait? But, I mean, the funny thing is I took that out. I I said I did not not see a lot of this game. I'm going to get to the tape, but I haven't had a chance to do that yet. And a bunch of people said, don't bother. Don't don't waste your time. Don't watch it. And it was fascinating because I need you to fill me in, okay? So – I know, and Kirk Cousins has been known to get some garbage yards late in the game, and I and the bit that I saw in the game, he was not playing well. Um, the mm-hmm. stats are what they are when you look at him in primetime games, not good. Um, mm-hmm. But when I looked at the box score, Buck, and I see Russell Wilson threw for 72 yards, no touchdowns and a pick for a 37.9 rating, and then I log on Twitter, and Cousins is the number one training topic, and they're burying him, I mean just crushing him. And Russell Wilson's getting absolutely no criticism I'm sitting here going, okay, now you have to fill me in. This is a good, like, a social exercise here because you saw it with your eyes. I saw the, the, the paper. Um, so what was the difference between the box score and how it was interpreted from watching the game? Well, I mean, it was an ugly game for both guys, and Russell Wilson had an awful interception at the end of the first half. I mean, the ball is at the three-yard line. They're going in. He scrambles around, runs around, and he just throws it up, and it's picked off by Eric Kendricks. And, in fact – Eric Kendricks probably should have had a 95 or 96-yard pick six, but he kind of stumbled and got fell down. And so, really, the Seahawks played the way they play. They run the ball, they run the ball, they run the ball, they run the ball, and they yeah. wait for you to make a mistake, and their defense gives them opportunities to cash in. That's how they played. The Minnesota Vikings, the difference is they couldn't run the ball, and I can't say that they necessarily were committed to it, but they couldn't run the ball. And with Kirk Cousins, they couldn't get open. There wasn't a lot of scheme creativity to get Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs open. And everyone understands how the Seattle Seahawks play. Everyone has seen the answers to how you attack them. You have to run wheel routes, so you got to be committed to throwing a check down. It's a very patient and deliberate game. And for whatever reason, the Vikings couldn't settle into a nice approach that allowed them to nickel and dime the defense until they were able to hit them with a shot down the field. And Kirk Cousins wasn't great in those money down situations. He wasn't good in third down. He wasn't good in the red zone. And the last drive is when he kind of put together some yards for them to get a garbage touchdown. And so it just wasn't a good it just wasn't a good performance, not necessarily from him, but from the offensive coordinator. John D. Filippo just didn't have any answers in a game like that. 
you're looking for your coach to give you an answer to the to the to the test. I do find it uh, I do find it somewhat funny. And look, I'd be I'm be honest on on Kirk Cousins. I mentioned it. The numbers in those big stage games have been good. You can't defend that. And you know, just from listening to you, he wasn't at his best in this ball game either. Uh, but man, they uh, the people that bang on him for the contract he signed. I'm like, the funny thing is, you know who's not banging on him for the contract he signed? The fellow players around the NFL, because this dude used the system to his mm-hmm. advantage and was really the blueprint for players to follow going forward so they can make as much money as possible. He wasn't paid that much money because he was the best quarterback in the NFL. He was paid that much money because he was the best quarterback in the NFL that was available. That's the difference. So banging see, but, on him for the money he's making, I, I just don't get on board with that. No, and I, I think what, what happens, unfortunately for him, people can never separate what he's making from what he is as a player. Like yeah. we can all say that, look, because I actually thought it was it was going to work out for him in Minnesota because it was the best situation, best supporting cast, run game, talented wide receivers on the outside, that he was just going to be able to drive the bus and win a lot of games and everything would be fine. I think the issue was not necessarily Kirk Cousins. I really don't believe the offensive coordinator did a good job of really putting him in a situation to be at his best. Um, I think if we talk about Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins is above a managerial type but he's not necessarily someone that you want to put the entire game on. And I felt like with the Vikings, they were calling the game for him to be everything. And if they had been able to run the ball, and I know their offensive line has struggled, but in a perfect world, I think the Vikings should be able to run the football, let Kirk Cousins throw complimentary action passes, throw it 25 to 32 times a game, and I think everything is good. The defense sets them up. They win games. They don't become – the New Orleans Saints or the Rams were just going 38 points a night. They're a team that can score 28 to 30 but win a lot of games, and I don't think anyone would talk about Kirk Cousins in that role because I really think that's how his game is suited to play. Yeah, no, I think you bring up a, a lot of good points there, Buck, and kind of gets us to the overall big picture here, playoff picture in the NFC. And as it stands right now, the Saints, after the Rams lose to the Bears, the Saints back with that number one overall position. Uh, over the Rams, the Bears there at the three seed at nine and four. The Cowboys look like they have a pretty firm grip there on the NFC East. They should win that. They're eight and five. Seahawks uh, eight and five as a wild card. And the Vikings, they're still there. Even as bad as that was, that's why they made a change to fire the coordinator, see if they can find their right mojo with Kevin Stefanski uh, going forward, who's a young coach that I really like when I've got a chance to know him a little bit. Uh, at some of these all-star game environments. He's coached the East-West game, I believe, a couple times and uh, came away impressed just meeting with him. So he'll have a chance now. See if he can get that offense fixed. But this Vikings team, Buck, you st- all you got to do is punch your ticket. Once you punch your ticket to the postseason, if, you've get, if you matter. get your things figured out, if you can get it figured out, you've got a puncher's chance. That's all you can ask for. They still That's got all you want to get into. The only thing you're trying to do is you're trying to get into the ball. If you can get yep. into the ball, everyone is dancing to the same beat, and you have a chance. And no one, everybody's look, zero and zero. No one wants to deal with the Minnesota Vikings. Trust me, no one wants to deal with that defense. They don't want to deal with Mike Zimmer throwing up all kinds of exotic blitzes and attacking you. The thing that they have to figure out is they got to figure out an identity offensively really, really quickly. And I think the best way to do it is to look at the players that you have. What are the best routes individually for Diggs, Thielen, Rudolph? Okay, let's make that the basis of the passing game. Then. What are the best runs for Dalvin Cook? Build the running game around Dalvin Cook. What does he do well? And then figure out the rest of it. 
but they have to make sure the ball gets in the hands of their best players more times than not because that is the way that they're going to win games. Yeah, the Vikings, they come back with the Dolphins at home this week. They go on the road against the Lions. Look, they should win those two ball games. Those are two games that are winnable. And then it sets up for a very interesting situation because the last game of the year, they're at home against the Bears. Now, this is a team, they lost 25-20 on the road Chicago in that primetime game where they did not play well. It was still a close football game. They get them at home. And at that point in time, remember, the Bears are the three seed. They might be locked into that seed because they're a couple games behind the Saints and the Rams. They might be locked in at number three. They might be resting guys at that point in time, which could gift wrap the sixth spot, which would then guarantee a Make rematch the again. very next week. They would play the next week, and the and the Vikings would go on the road to take on the Bears so you, for the third. You know time. what's funny about that? If I'm if I'm Matt Nagy, if that's the situation that plays out for Week 17, yeah. I am trying to knock them out. I don't know. Trying to beat them. Trying to to, beat them. I'm trying to beat them. I am trying to knock them out. I don't want to have to play them in the first round again because it's one of those things. Three times a division rival, they know you better than anybody else. Yeah, I don't want to take that. So if it comes down to that, I'm doing everything in my power to knock them out. And and I'll rather face somebody else in the pro season. If the the season ended right now, the 4-5 wild card game would be the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Buck, who would you like in that game if they were to play tomorrow? (sighs) I would take the Cowboys because I think the Cowboys' defense is better. But yeah. don't hold me to it. I, I mean, I have no way. Of- yeah, I think it's a pick-up <laughs> game. I would go with the Cowboys because they would be at home in that one. I think they have a little bit more uh, firepower offensively. But, man, I, you know, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, I'll take Russell Wilson every day of the week, especially with all of his postseason experience. That would be a dangerous game for the Cowboys. They could be one and done. They could be. I, but I think they're carbon copies. I, I think those are the teams that – they don't want to match. But I think for entertainment value, I would rather see those teams not have to face each other. I would rather see those teams face two of the other teams and let's get that compelling high-powered offense versus a defensive matchup. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You handle everything online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com slash sticks, fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor, and get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in a secret unmarked package. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that most guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's easy to take care of it. For a free online visit, go to Roman.com slash sticks. That's Roman.com slash sticks. For a free online visit, get Roman.com slash sticks. All right, let's get to the uh, to the AFC here, looking at their playoff picture. Big game on Thursday night. I'll be there, Chiefs and Chargers. And, man, what a uh, what a lot at stake. Now, if the Chiefs, even if they lose this game, they still own the tiebreaker. They would both have the same record. They would have split their games. But the Chiefs have a better division record because the Chargers blew that lead against Denver Broncos, and that would be uh, their two division losses, the first game of the year against the Chiefs and that game against the Broncos. So the Chiefs are undefeated in the division, even if they had the same record. They would win the division, would be the one seed. The Chargers would end up being the five seed. However, the Chiefs, if the Chargers somehow miraculously go in there and beat them on a short week, the Chiefs then have to go and take on the Seahawks on the road that we were just talking about. Seattle is a very tough place to play. If somehow the Chiefs lose that game, then the Chargers could go from the fifth seed 
to the one seed. So uh, this game is huge here on Thursday night in a game where uh, both teams are a little bit beat up. Uh, but man, I'll tell you what, the Chargers not having their top two running backs is what it looks like. No Melvin Gordon, no Austin Eckler. That's going to put a lot of pressure on Phillip Rivers against a very good pass rush. It does put a lot of pressure on Phillip Rivers. Um, I'm going to say this first. I think the Chargers are well positioned to win the AFC West. I didn't think about them getting the number one seed, but I do believe there's a road for that to happen. Um, this team, I know they've lost nine in a row to the Chiefs, and you know it's been a difficult road, but when you look at teams in terms of the teams that really can win the Super Bowl, you like to have the most balanced teams. I think you can make the argument that the Chargers are the most balanced teams of all the teams in the field. They have an offense. They have a franchise quarterback. They have a running back in Melvin Gordon. Austin Eckler also gives them contributions on defense. They have pass rushers. And then you have Derwin James and that crew in the back end. You can make the argument that this is the best team in the AFC. And I know we get caught up with the glitz and glamour of the Kansas City Chiefs, but we've seen this team is different when they don't have Kareem Hunt. We have also seen that their defense isn't really a lockdown defense. The Chargers can win on Thursday, and I think if they win on Thursday, it gives them a perfect road to be the number one seed in the AFC. I, be careful. I think this, the L.A. – I almost said San Diego. The L.A. Chargers are well positioned yep. to be the number one seed. Well, I'll bring in uh, our conversation or my conversation with, uh, with money here in a minute and then go a little bit deeper even on that game. We look at the rest of the AFC, the Patriots there – at 9 and 4 the Texans 9 and 4 man that was a big loss for the Patriots down there in Miami because now they're in danger if they do drop a game now you're looking at them losing the two seed losing a bye and knowing they're going to have to go on the road the second week of the postseason we don't see that very often uh, from this Patriots team they lock in they play at home and they're very difficult to beat up there in Foxborough in the postseason so that's something to keep an eye on the the most fascinating thing to me buck AFC North okay work with me on this the Steelers Let's look at the Steelers, who they play next. Their next two games, Patriots and Saints. Okay? I think they could lose both those football games pretty DJ, pretty they're not going to the playoffs. So like that's they've given two. away They've given away all of their cushion. That's, they, that's they're not two, going that's to the playoffs. That's five straight losses. They would be 7-7-1 seven, seven, and one if that's the case. You know who else could be 7-7-1 seven, seven, two weeks from now? The Cleveland the Browns. Browns. And then yeah. you look at Baltimore, and Baltimore's next two games, okay, they, they have Tampa at home. On paper, Tampa's not a good team. However, they should be able to beat them. Tampa can score points. Tampa yeah. has a chance to win that game, a puncher's chance, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't you can't just sleepwalk through the game. For Tampa's, sure. I mean, this is a team that beat the Saints the first week of the season, right. so we know they're capable. If somehow say that happens, then they go take on the Chargers on the road, which is kind of a that's going to be a, a great <sighs> game. But that's a game that the Ravens could lose. That's another one they so should lose. The Steelers could lose two straight. There's a chance the Ravens lose two straight, and the schedule the is very friendly for the Browns to win two straight, which puts them in position the very last week of the season, Buck. Lo and behold, who do the Cleveland Browns finish up the season with? After, let's say, they go on the road and beat the Broncos and the Bengals, oh, they the are Cincinnati at Bengals? Baltimore. They're at oh, Baltimore and potentially winner-take-all in the AFC North. Now, they would need – I think they might even need Pittsburgh to drop one extra game beyond those two. Um, because uh, Pittsburgh has will have a I think it's a, a better conference record. It goes to the tiebreakers, um, but it's all I'm saying is Cleveland's alive, which is nuts to say that at this time of the year. They're playing well, and I think anyone who has been looking at the Browns, man, Freddie Kitchens has been very good with his creativity. They were basically running wing T plays to Jarvis Landry. He scored a touchdown, then had a 50 yard run. 
Baker Mayfield is playing great since Freddie Kitchens has taken over as the play caller. They're just using all the weapons, man. We even saw Perriman come over from the Baltimore Ravens. They picked him up off the scrap. He put him on the field. He caught a big pass. Unbelievable. Um, I had to check. I was like, who is that? I didn't even realize he was there. Missed I was like, number 19. Who's number 19? She's like, unbelievable. They're doing a really good job. They're well positioned to make a run and kind of swipe the division title. And you just wonder if they just could have closed out some of those games early. Oh, I know. Man, but you know what this is playing out to be, right? You know Greg Williams is going to be the next coach. No way. You know Greg Williams is going to be the next coach. No way. Okay, you heard it. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Greg Williams will be the the head coach of the Cleveland Browns in 2019. It's going to happen. Okay. All right. Hey, it's a done deal. We'll we'll see. Put it in pen. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. They better. They need to win this week against the Broncos for that to happen. Put it in pen. Oh, they do. Look, look. It's already close. Put it in pen. Put it in pen. Greg Williams. 2019. All right, hold on, hold on. I have a pen here. Hey, coach. Um, let me see here, Buck. I've got put a pen, pen here, but I'll yep. be putting it in. This. Because you're not going to be able to do it pencil. any other way. You're not going to be able to do it any other way. You're not, you're not going to be able to do Freddie Kitchens with another offensive guru coming in. Too many well, egos can't. in the building. Why can't you? No, you can't have, do it. Eddie, Freddie Kitchens doesn't have an ego. Come on. Oh, no, no, no. The country. He's a country the, boy. The, the offensive-minded head coach has an ego. He's going to – the guys that they're talking about bringing in as an now offensive. It's freedom, now it's freedom up to get a defensive coach. Now you just keep Freddie. We're good. But they already have. They already have. Like, they already oh, have a stay D with coach. Williams? Yeah. He's not going to get that job. Let's do a lunch <laughs> on that. Let's do a lunch DJ, on that. I'm telling you, it's, it's a done deal. The well, owner what loves do we have, him. By the way, what else do we have? We, oh, we, Clemson, Notre Dame. Yeah. I'm a, I better start dieting right man, now. I'm going to put on man, 10 pounds by the time I, I have to I'm, cash in all these. Man, I'm trying to figure out, like, what do I want from Ruth Chris? Like Ruth Chris, I, I normally <laughs> in Indy. Yes. He, by the way, by the way, by the way, one. rumor, rumor. I've long heard about you, uh, and I've never brought it up. And I'm glad you mentioned this because I I need you to, to, to confirm just just a, a simple mm-hmm. a confirmation up or down. I've been told that in Indy at the combine, that Bucky Brooks has been known to go to Ruth Chris three to four times during a one week oh, period. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's correct. Absolutely, that is absolutely correct. I will go <laughs> I there. That. I know them. I will, I will go. I will sit at the bar. They know uh-huh. I'm coming. I make reservations three weeks in advance. <laughs> every other night, I go there and I go to Ocean Air, and sometimes yeah. I go to Harry and Izzy's. But yeah, so yeah, it's so, it's several times. Several times. Okay. Oh, All right. Absolutely. I, you know what's crazy, uh, man? From our scouting days, I'm trying to add this up. So eight years, I was eight years as a scout. I've been five years with the network. So that's a 13-year period. And you've been with the network even longer than that. But over a 13-year period. So if you're doing that uh, four times, we'll say, four times mm-hmm. every combine, four mm-hmm. times 13 is a lot. I'm not good at math, but that is a lot of non-invitations coming to your podcast partner right there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that is a lot because of invitations you know, you know what's funny, what's funny about it, like, man – I need to tweet at Ruth Chris. Maybe we can get some gift cards and get a deal. Tickets or something yes. like that. We, we, now we're talking. We get a sponsorship deal or something. But a lot of times I go in there like fully sweated out. Like I'm not dressed up. I'm not dressed appropriately <laughs> to go right up after in there. A I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm in there. I'm in there slumming, sitting at the bar. I'm watching the game, and I just sit there and I I alternate between like two or three dishes. I, I'll get the fillet. Oh, the chicken's get the good. Little, Don't sleep on the chicken. Have oh, you had I, the chicken? Look, that, that was next. I'll get the yeah. chicken, and then I'll get the pork chop. 
I'm always Ooh, going to I get a veggie, but then the last thing I leave on the side to the left, I, I leave the sweet potato casserole to the left. Ooh, like okay. that is almost that is almost like a dessert type item for me every time. Yeah. And so you know when we get per diem, the whole per diem goes to like during the day I'm I'm I'm, I'm starving. Yeah, you get the freebies. You get the, well, you get the yeah, freebies. You get the, you get the snacks. You get the green room, <laughs> green room breakfast and lunch, and then you go big on the dinner. <laughs> I see. I see how you're working there. Uh, all right. I just want to confirm that. That's 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 confirmed. Yeah, that right, you know who else loves? You know who else loves a nice dinner? Uh, is oh, is my yeah. uh, my partner there in Matt Money Smith on the road? He loves to go get a very nice dinner. And uh, had a chance to visit with him about the biggest game of the NFL weekend. A game we'll be together calling here uh, in the Chargers broadcast booth. But it's our good buddy Matt Money Smith. Well, what's going on, Money? How you doing, man? Doing all right. Getting ready for that uh, little short week action trip to Kansas City, something we talked about an awful lot over the course of the weekend and how maybe things could play out to benefit the team that uh, in which we are employed by. Yeah, both uh, going to be out there in Kansas City calling this game for the Chargers and their broadcast. And I spent some time money watching the uh, watching the Chiefs this last week against the Baltimore Ravens and dug into that tape. It was it was pretty interesting because the thought has always been you've got to get heat on, on Mahomes to try and get him – uh, frazzled a little bit. The Ravens were able to do that and didn't matter. He made some of the most incredible throws. The, the, the fourth, the fourth nine, down throws were ridiculous. It, it, it may be the best throw I've ever seen. I don't know that I've seen a better throw. The degree of difficulty, when he's rolling to his right, there's one player on his team on the right side of the field, and he's double covered. There's nowhere to go. So he has to go the opposite direction. Even when he's starting to make the throw, Tyree Kill hasn't even really fully wheeled around to come back towards him across his body. And, and I think there's three defenders in, in the area of it's Tyreek Hill. It's unbelievable. There's two in front of him. There's one behind him. I mean, it was just it, it was just an incredible throw. But the, the thing that was interesting in that game, uh, we actually ended up charting it. And uh, I was curious, because the Ravens can generate so much pass rush and so much heat, what would they do? Would they try and keep guys in or would they get guys out? And uh, 47 of the 55 uh, times they dropped back to throw the football, it was at least four men out in the route. Five men out in the route 30 times. They only had three guys out uh, – three times the entire the entire time. So they are going to try and just get weapons out, and they're trusting Pat Mahomes to get the ball out of his Yeah, and, look, and he did it, and he took some shots. Took and I think that's, that's kind of the, the one thing that I think could play into the Chargers' favor is, you know, I believe, and, and you'll, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if you know off the top of your head, but I do believe the Chargers have followed the Ravens three times this season. They have won all three of those games. It's a physical affair when and they come to town. That's the thing is, you know, you always hear players talk about it, you know, and, and that's Sunday to Sunday. You'll hear them say, well, nah, I'm still feeling it from last week when it's a yep. physical game. Well, now you got Sunday to Thursday. And you got an extra quarter. So not only did you play the most physical team in football, but you played them for five quarters instead of four. And that's got to have some sort of carryover. Whether or not the Chargers can take advantage of that, I don't know. But uh, in the previous three meetings, I believe they, they followed the Ravens to the Browns. They followed the, Bravens, the, uh, the Ravens to the Titans. And I want to say there was one more that they followed the Ravens. They won all three of those games. Well, the challenge, though, is this is a Kansas City Chiefs team that not only – you can make a case has has owned the Chargers. They've they've owned the rest of this division for a while now. They have just been dominant inside the division and specifically against the Chargers. And the challenge going on 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 a tight week. I know they're a little bit beat up, Kansas City, from that game. But Chargers' perspective, you don't know if you're going to get Melvin Gordon. You don't know if Austin Eckler is going to play. You could be down your top two running backs. And even though it was a physical affair, Tyreek Hill ain't getting any slower uh, on a short week. So you're still going to have to deal with that. So uh, it's going to be a big challenge for them. On the road, I, I, to me, I, I look at it, Bunny, and I think the key to this game uh, from a Chargers standpoint is 
you have to generate some turnovers. You, you've got to get to Mahomes, poke the ball out. You've got to force fumbles. Um, you've got to come up with an interception. This is a Chargers team we talked about on the broadcast the other day uh, that both starting corners are yet to intercept the ball. Well, it would be a good time to find a way to get that done because I, I, I think if it's a clean sheet for both teams, I don't think the Chargers win this football game. They have to find a way to get some turnovers. You know, it's the, the first game is just so – it was such a weird game. And it was the first game of the year, and that happens a lot. You think about the Saints losing to the Buccaneers in the yeah. first week of the season. But, you know, they lost by 10. It was 38-28. 14 of those points were on special teams. Yep. You know, you had a 90-yard punt return by Tyree Kill from a punter that's no longer on the team who I can tell you from, you know, being there last year, and you obviously know, routinely outkicked his coverage yep. and was more interested in gross punting stats than anything else. Gross um, works both ways of that definition. Exactly right. And uh, and then you had a, an undrafted free agent whose name I can't even remember now yep. who opened the season as their punt returner, rookie, who fumbled J- the ball? JJ Jones. JJ Jones. There, there you go. go. Who fumbled? There's so many JJs on our team. Justin <laughs> Jackson, Justin Jones, JJ Jones. Who yep. fumbled the ball at the three? Yep. I mean, I forgot. I had totally forgotten about that. That play. is 14 points in a 38-28 game. Not to mention the drop passes that you Dro- had. Two, not, not drop passes. And now I sound like the total homer broadcast. No, no right? but the, the touchdowns. Drop touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, not drop passes, but Tyrell Williams, who dropped two touchdowns. One Travis in which Benjamin. There was yeah. No, where Travis Benjamin dropped one on a on an outside route on that sideline. It was it was just an odd game. So it's really hard to take away anything mm-hmm. from the Chargers' perspective of what you're trying to figure out happened in that first meeting between these two teams. Well, it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to see what goes on. The other thing I would say, key to this ball game, is which uh, which set of edge rushers is going to get loose because you know we we get a chance to see uh, Bosa and Melvin Ingram do their thing, but then you look at what what's going on now with Kansas City now when they have Justin Houston healthy yeah. and what he does complementing what they already have with D Ford. That's a challenge, and we've seen Tam, Sam Tevy get beat a little bit, get beat inside, and then you go inside, and you've got to worry about Chris Jones, who's having a fantastic year working on the guard. So I think you can make a case when you look at the defensive lines for both teams and you match them up with the offensive lines for both teams. I'd give the defensive lines for both teams an advantage. So we'll see who can who can capitalize on that. Yeah, just kind of thinking back to last season when we were in this exact same position. A Thursday night football late in the season at Arrowhead. It was freezing cold, and I think what you started this conversation with is ultimately what the key to that one was. They had a chance to get a turnover, two turnovers, early in that game. They didn't get them. It was a muffed punt that they ended up not getting. There was an interception that should have been that was dropped. And when they weren't able to kind of take advantage of those two miscues, uh, that was it. It was yeah. over. They they ran away with it. Phillip started throwing some interceptions because he was trying to get the team back into it. And that's that's the other, I think, you know, factor here is if they can't score early, which they have struggled to do, you know, they, they struggled to do it against the Steelers, struggled to do it against the Cardinals. That's when things can start getting away with, from you. Without Melvin Gordon back there and Phillip starts trying to force things to yeah. put the team on his back. Um, the, the one thing I'll say, just kind of coming out of the Cincinnati game, you and I talked after it, um, and, and you kind of asked me what my takeaway was, and I thought about it more, and I, and I do believe it. And I don't think it's because, you know, I, I'm, I'm part of the Charger broadcast, but I think that was a great game for their special teams yeah. that has been embattled all season and all of last year to have a kicker, you know, at that particular position, going back to the start of 2017, just be a punchline. I mean, not even just how do we fix, but a complete punchline for this team to have a guy 
boot a 59-yarder at the half and then a 45-yarder to extend the lead to five and force a touchdown to win a game, I think is fantastic for a team that's been in a lot of tight games going into the postseason as well. And our bro- our buddy Chris Harry had an interesting tweet. And, I, you know, I, I don't know why. I guess because last week and seeing how the weird game, or two weeks ago I should say, against the Steelers and the, the miss that we can question whether or not it was a miss before they end up hitting the game winner. But, man, Badgley's 20-21 on extra points, so he's missed one of those. 14-15 on field goal attempts, including a 59-yarder. I mean, this is actually a strength for the Chargers right now. Who would have thunk it? And that's, I think, what now can be the focus. And I just love the story, just quickly to, to kind of put a wrap on it for me, the story coming out of that game from Coach Lynn that he, I believe he said that uh, the best way I can describe it is that, that – that Badgley was pulling on my tail, saying, Coach, I want it, I want it, I want it. And that's what you love to see. And I think that's a rallying point for this team because they know that's what's kind of unraveled them last season and early in this season, that that's what allowed things to get away. A missed extra point against the Rams. And, you know, you score a touchdown to even things up, and you're like, ugh, here we go again. Missed yeah. extra point, we're in a hole again. Um, so to have that, I think, is going to help this team a lot. Well, it's going to be fun. Thursday night in Kansas City. I know you get in uh, late. Uh, you're coming in a little bit late. 1.30 a.m. 1.30, so you, no, you no, no dinner for us tonight before, huh? No dinner for us. Are, You'll be you, out with the uh, – I believe you're going to a fancy barbecue spot, I Q39, am. with I all am. the uh, the riders. But I'm not opposed to a little barbecue lunch. We can go get a little Let's lunch. Let's do it. Let's absolutely do it. All right, it's a date. I'm going to do a bourbon breakfast and a barbecue lunch. There we go. Done. I'll, I'll join you for it's half – It's going to be a great I'll, broadcast. I'll join you for half of that. It will be more entertaining, <laughs> I can tell you that for Certainly. a fact. Certainly. Thanks, Money. Well, there he goes, uh, Matt Money Smith, our good friend there, uh, Buck. And, man, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a little chilly. I need to make sure I got a uh, proper coat uh, to be able to battle the weather there in Kansas City. But look forward to a good football game. Yeah, it should be a great football game. I'm excited to uh, see it. This is one that I wanted to see. Now, the Chiefs are coming in limping a little bit. The guys are beat up. But the Chargers are also doing that. But, man, just these divisional rivalries and knowing how much is on the line of this game, it should be a great one to watch. Yeah, look forward to it. Going to be a fun one. Going to go a long way in deciding the AFC playoff picture one way or the other here. We'll uh, we'll know a lot more after this weekend of NFL football. Uh, anything else you want to add before we get out of here, Buck? No, nah, man, I'm just excited for this weekend. The notebook, I can't wait to figure out what topics I'm going to do. But I think something on the Seattle Seahawks, their reemergence with that defense. That defense played lights out on Monday night. So many young guys trying to make their own identity, trying to move away from the shadow of the Legion of Boat. Yeah, it's a, it's a new group, a new wave of talent there. Pete Carroll has done a nice job. John Schneider rebuilding that football team. A lot of names people don't know yet, but soon enough uh, they will. All right, that's going to do it for us today on the show. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for leaving us those reviews on Apple Podcasts. We do appreciate that. Uh, we'll be back uh, in no time here with one more podcast. Get you ready for a big football week. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Whether it's your first time betting 
or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you've got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals, and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu.